Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whenever you are listening, welcome in to the ITP Quick Kicks podcast for Friday, February 19th. It is our final podcast of the week. Hopefully, uh, you are getting excited for a uh, good weekend this weekend. I know we had a little bit of a short week this week, only four work days for most folks, but Mark and I did put in the full five days. And we're pretty much getting ready to kick back, Mark, I think. We are getting ready to kick back. I mean, we we punch the clock week round. Um, no four-day weeks for us, my friend. It is all football all the time. It's the only it way is. we do it here. Uh, and today, uh, I had given a little bit of a big market tease yesterday talking about uh, we were going to break down one of the great college kickers and what happened to him in the NFL. And so that's exactly what we're going to do. I'm excited for this one, I got to say, because it's one that I, you know, being the quarterback guy, I don't have a lot of, you know, deep emotional ties to kickers. I have deep emotional ties to two kickers in my life, and that's you, Chuck Zotta, and the guy we're about to talk about. And, and that guy specifically is Alex Henry, the uh, former uh, University of Nebraska kicker who then went on to kick for the Philadelphia Eagles as well as the Detroit Lions. And Mark, tell what, what exactly is your story with uh, Nebraska here? It's a long-winded one, to be honest. I mean, as a kid growing up in the Boston area, and you kind of know this, there's not – I mean, there's Boston College, but there's not really a huge big-time football program to really follow. So I, you know, growing up a kid, playing football on Saturdays, didn't really have like a college football team. And then, you know, when I graduated college, went to law school – I wasn't seeing Wesleyan University on, you know, ABC or ESPN on Saturday afternoons. Didn't really have any ties to William and Mary where I went to law school. But started dating a woman who I'm now married to, who grew up in Nebraska and whose parents went to the University of Nebraska. And it was a very nice and easy way to sort of adopt that team and, you know, make some friends with a guy that I hope to be my future father in law, who who now is my father in law. And sure. we, talk a lot about Nebraska football all the time. So I kind of got adopted into the Nebraska fanhood and went to one Nebraska game. And it was a game after Thanksgiving, Nebraska hosting Colorado. This was and the, this was, this the, was game. the game. This, yeah. and, and this was, this what was it? A 58 yarder, I believe. I'm looking it up right now. I mean, it's it either was, 57 or 58. It was 58. Yeah. 58. Okay. Yeah. And if, 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 you're not familiar with this kick. It's it's an absolutely phenomenal kick, one of the best uh, in college football history. And Henry, it, it wasn't just this kick uh, that made him special. You look at what he did, and the stats are mind-blowing. He has the NCAA record for field goal accuracy, 89.5% uh, success rate, which you figure, you look at that in the NFL, the NFL average right now is around 83%. So you sit there and you say, Okay, so this guy, as a college kicker, and granted, it's a different ball. The players are a little bit different, but as a college kicker, still completing, you know, making nearly 90% of his kicks here, you look at the basic stats and you say, this is a guy who should be able to excel at the NFL level. And I went back and, you know, I, I got interested in this. Someone on Twitter posed the question to me uh, maybe about a week ago, you know, what happened to Alex Henry? And I, I started thinking about it I'm like you know what I I want to go back and see if I can figure out where things fell apart for him because you look at him and you say okay so here's this kicker who had a phenomenal college career comes into the NFL and in his first NFL season hits 88 percent of his kicks second season 87 
third season sees a little bit of a regression to 82%, but no, nothing huge. I mean, 82% back in 2013 is still pretty much league average. And then something happened in 2014. He went from the Philadelphia Eagles over to the Lions, only played in two games as they were trying to find a kicker. Remember, this is back when they went through, I think, three kickers in four right. weeks. And Henry went one for five. Ooh. 20%. Now, um, if memory serves me, isn't, didn't you write an article back in the early days of Inside the Pylon? This was even before Inside the Pylon. We were football central. I think, <laughs> we we were still football central, yeah. And you kind of looked at what was going on in Detroit, and didn't you kind of have a theory on that? Well, I had looked at it, and I can't remember if it was looking at Henry when he was kicking or when they had some of the other guys in there. But the uh, the holder at the time, uh, who I believe was Sam Martin, the Lions punter, uh, had a couple holds that I, I thought were a little bit questionable in terms of their placement. But when when I looked at Henry, and, and you know, I went back, and I guess I want to start from the beginning, because I went back and looked at all of his Nebraska tape, or at least as much as I could find. And I found, you know, if you dig around on YouTube and places, I probably saw 25, 30 kicks from him when it was all said and done. And everything about his motion and, and what he did there was, I mean, just about perfect. It is, you talk about, and I, always, I often compare kicking to golf. And, you know, in golf you talk about, you know, having a dynamic move as you're, you're moving through the ball. And the, the dynamic athleticism that he shows on his kicks is just so apparent. It's an easy motion. The ball just explodes off his foot. It's you know it's a controlled motion. There's a lot of torque, but it's all flowing right through the zone. Everything looks really, really clean, and it's just it's you know everything is just where it needs to be. And somewhere in there, it fell apart. So I started digging, and I came across his tape in 2014 after he got picked up by the Lions. And there's a kick. It's in week four against the Jets. And it's towards the end of the game. It's in the fourth quarter. And he's attempting a 52-yard field goal from the left hash. And Henry lines up and he kicks the ball. And it pretty much hits this, this just duck hook off to the left that, you know, probably gets maybe 15 feet off the ground at most and is kind of spiraling and eventually you know bounces and almost hits one of the the linesmen down the field in the head just because it's it's so off target and I'm looking at it and and after it I take a look and I see Henry looking back after he kicks the ball to you know back towards his holder and so I'm like okay what's you know what's going on here and fortunately enough Fox who carried the game has a slow motion close-up of the kick. And so I look into it, and Henry's foot, as he kicks the ball, his plant foot probably slides, I would say, uh, it, it probably slides a solid you know, four or five inches when it's all said and done. And you, you can see that it just it slides and completely takes him out of his rhythm there. But Henry's still looking back for that. And so I started going back to some of his other misses in other seasons. I go back to 2013. I go back to 2012. And on all, nearly all of the misses that he has, not every one, but I'd say probably, you know, you're only talking 10, 12 misses over those seasons. Out of probably eight or nine of them, every single one that he misses, he's looking back down at the ground and he's, you know, kind of not slamming his helmet, but he's, you know, doing, he's stripping off his, uh, you know, the clips on the, uh, the chin guard and everything. 
and I look at it, and you know, in hindsight, you can look at that and say, "Geez, this is a guy who you know he didn't he didn't really take responsibility for his own mistakes and his own misses. He was always kind of you know upset and looking for something there." And when we talk about evaluating the mental game, you start to see, okay, maybe this is something that should that I should be looking into more. So do you think it was basically just mental block that he had for whatever reason? Like he started missing kicks and just didn't feel right? So I'll tell you, you go back through those other kicks in, uh, in that other game uh, where he, he went uh, essentially 0 for 3 in his next game with Detroit. It, it was just a completely defeated performance from him. He, I think it was the first kick that he had in that game. He rings right off the right upright, and from there... He just never had a chance. And you can see he's just, you know, every single kick, he's ripping his helmet off. He's just not in a good headspace. And this is why, look, Henry had every single thing going for him in terms of his technique, in terms of his form, in terms of how he was able to kick the football. But it's clear right there that at that point in time, and this isn't to say that this isn't something that Henry can work on and figure out and get back in the game, because, look, this is a kid who... At this point, he's younger than me by about a year. This kid's only 28 years old still, so it's not like he's out of the game for good. Adam Vinatieri's still kicking at 43, but you sit there and you say, I don't like what's going on in his headspace there just by what I can see. It's, you know, when I look at a kicker after a miss, I want to see, okay, I'm disappointed, but I also want to see, okay, I need to get myself together and be ready to go right now you don't want to see someone you know looking back every time and, and you know wondering oh was the hold right did it was my plant right that's not what you want to see there and you know again hindsight's twenty twenty. but looking at it now again I think just you know having recently written about the mental aspect of kicking and how you know, how we try to evaluate it you know this is it's right here because you see that right after he has that slip with his plant foot the three kicks right after that, he is just not mentally there, and it just it just snowballed on him. We talk about quicksand. Look, it happens with kickers too. I mean, was there anything sort of mechanically different in the following kicks after he missed that first one that you've talked about, or was it just the exact same each time, just same result? So the, uh, the first one that he rung off the post actually looked relatively clean in terms of his overall approach. The, the next two... You've got hips and legs that are kind of you know going out in some different directions, and it just it just was not a situation where he looked in control of his body uh, the way that he had displayed previously. And you know, look, it's the downside to kickers, and you know, it's it's the unfortunate reality of the position. You've got a short shelf life because teams can only afford to carry one of you, and if you're not doing what you need to do, you don't have a chance to really get yourself back together in a lot of cases. We saw it earlier this year with Josh Scobie on Pittsburgh where, you know, guy's an accomplished kicker, has a couple bad weeks, and, you know, ends up being let go. Now they, they found a great replacement for him. I'm a huge fan of the guy uh, that came in after him. But, you know, again, as, as a kicker, look, you don't have a ton of opportunities to make mistakes. You make, you know, three, four, five in a short period of time, and it's it's just the nature of the beast right now because the league is so competitive, and especially with the level of kicking being as high as it is right now, as good as it's ever been in the NFL, it's it's just the nature of the beast for a kicker right now. You don't have a lot of room for error, unfortunately. So if you're an NFL GM right now, and you know we got camp coming up, and you need a guy to come in and kick during camp and maybe push, 
you know, push the current place kicker that you have, would you feel confident bringing him into camp given all of this? Would I feel confident bringing Henry into camp? Yeah. I'd, I'd absolutely bring him into camp, you know, because, look, I, I can talk about this from, you know, I'm, I'm watching this on tape and it's already happened. If I'm an NFL talent evaluator, look, it cost me almost nothing to get the guy into camp to begin with. Right. I bring him in. I say, look, we're going to give you an honest shot here. And then I get a chance to really see his mental preparation day in and day out. I get to see, OK, what's his practice routine? What happens when he misses? during practice is he knocking over the Gatorade cooler is he you know saying okay I just need to fix this and that is he you know working does he bring in a dedicated specialist coach to coach him through it it's you want to see those types of things and uh, you know that's that's why I think if, if you're talking about you know would I give this guy a shot absolutely because I'll tell you when when he is when everything is flowing in the right direction for him everything's as clean as anyone that I've seen it's it's Beautiful. I mean, we're talking, this is a guy who you could make, you know, instructional videos about his mechanics, but it just, it just didn't happen in this situation. And unfortunately, the mental part, I just think, you know, for whatever reason, over that short time period, he may be, you know, perfectly capable of bouncing back in a normal situation. You know, maybe it's something that we didn't even know about that had nothing to do with football, but on those two weeks, he couldn't mentally get back in the game. Couldn't do it. So, I mean, is there an example of a guy going through something like that and being out of football and coming back? Huh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I mean, occasionally you see some kickers that bounce around from team to team, you know, in, in one year to the next just because they aren't necessarily elite guys. I don't know if you have situations where guys are out of the league for a full year or two and then come back. I'll have to dig around and see what okay. I can pull up there. Not Off the top of my head, I can't think of too many i think steven hauschka at the beginning of his career bounced around a little bit and might have had a gap year at some point but that was before he was an established guy um i don't know if there's anyone that has you know a three or four year track record as a starter that's gone out and then come back but i'll i'll do a little poking around and see i mean phil dawson he was undrafted free agent it was waived picked up by new england practice squad never appeared in a game it's 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 really it's a tough position once once you're out as a kicker it's tough to come back in I mean kind of like any position I say as a yeah. kicker like you you get out of the league for a year or two years generally you're not, you're, yeah. you're not getting you know too many people knocking on your door here so uh, we've got about two minutes left here time for a quick Twitter question of the day as we do every day here on inside the pile on the podcast uh, this one comes from Joey uh, Twitter handle Joey a Libro and the question is inside the pylon, if you were conducting interviews for a team at the Combine, what question would you ask to see if a prospect is ready for the next level? What do you have, Mark? Um, the Jeff Ireland is your mother a prostitute? I mean, do you go that <laughs> route? I still can't believe that story. I don't. <laughs> I, I would not go that route. No, I mean, being the quarterback guy, I'm assuming that, you know, if I'm ever in that room, I wouldn't be a GM. I'd just be a QB coach. Um one throw that you've made that still keeps you up at night. I'd want to know that because, you know, what I'm trying to get at it, as a quarterback in the moment, you know, in the moment of the game, you know, you throw a pick, you got to forget it. You got to forget it by the time you get to the sidelines, by the time your coach has been screaming in your ear hole, that's when you got to let it go. Get it out of your mind. Stay aggressive on the next drive because it's so easy, especially, you know, for some people, you make a mistake and the last thing you want to do is make another mistake. It's like quicksand, like we were just talking about with Henry. Yep. Yep. Um, 
So you got to have a short-term memory, but you got to also, I mean, you got to be able to forget stuff in the short term, but you got to be able to have something that sticks with you that you've learned from, whether it's, I mean, I, I write about the smash concept so much because the last interception I threw in my college career was on the smash concept. And I would never make that mistake again because I've been living with it for the past 10 years or so. So. There, that's there, mine. There, there's some real Freudian crap going on right there. There's you know? a lot going on in my head, man, and I, that should not be a surprise to anybody. <laughs> All right, what's yours? So I think it, where, where I'd go, I'm, I'm big into the whole team building aspect when we talk about evaluation because I think it's easy to be just a great player on your own. I want to see what a guy will do to build his team up. So I'd say, look, guy on your team makes a critical mistake, whether it's you know throws a pick six, uh, fumbles the ball, whatever, you know, blows a coverage, whatever it is. How do you deal with him right after? You know, talk. What What are you saying to him specifically? Tell me what you're saying and how you're saying it to him. I, you know, I'd almost, I just want to see the type of personality that the guy shows there. Does he just say, "Oh, well, I'd say it's okay. You can, you know, you'll get it next time." Well, no, I don't want. Give me something you can actually work with. You know, tell me. Look, how are you going to build this guy back up? How are you going to actually deal with your teammates? That's what I want to see. You know, I think because. Look, I you can talk all day about okay, what are what are you going to do this and that. I want to see how a guy you know works, and I want to see leadership traits because that's what you want on your team. You want leaders, and I want to really start to look for that. I like that. I like that little nice nice little approach to team building. Yeah, that's just just a little something there. So no, I think that's a good idea. That's that's what we got, and uh, yeah, it looks like Mark, we got we're wrapped for the week. How about that? We're wrapped for the week. Yeah, wrapped for the week. I like that. You know what that means? Crack open a cold one, buddy. I was thinking I'm going to bed, but I like your plan too. <laughs> not a bad, not a bad idea. Chuck Zada and Mark Schofield. We are all done for the day and for the week. We will see you next week on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. Yeah.